Welcome to the Revenue Enablement Society, Stories from the Trenches, where enablement practitioners share their real-world experiences. Get the scoop on what's happening inside revenue enablement teams across the global RES community. Each segment of Stories from the Trenches shares the good, the bad, and the ugly practices of corporate revenue enablement initiatives. Learn what worked, what didn't work, and how obstacles were eliminated by enablement teams and go-to-market leadership. Sit back, grab a cold one, and join host Paul Butterfield, founder of Revenue Flywheel Group, for casual conversations about the wide and varied profession of revenue enablement, where there's never a one-size-fits-all solution. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Revenue Enablement Society podcast, Stories from the Trenches. We, as far as we know, are in the unique position of bringing together enablement practitioners, leaders, sometimes experts in our field that, that uh, bring a variety of perspectives, real stories of how they're doing things, the success they're seeing. Um, sometimes we talk about a face plant because there's always something to be learned there and just have a really good time talking about it every two weeks. So we're going to have some fun today as well. I'm excited to introduce the guest for some of you. You won't need a lot of introduction, uh, but this time we have got Jonathan Carfort, aka Coach K. Uh, Jonathan is a pretty busy guy. He is the founder of the GTM Academy, while also head of re- being head of revenue enablement and product marketing for a company called Symmetric. So, Coach K, welcome, and maybe tell us a little bit about what you're working on there. Paul, thank you, man. I, I love this podcast. Huge fan, and just grateful for you and everyone at Revenue Enablement Society. You guys do, do good work. Um, so, which one do you want to hear about first, the Academy or <laughs> the Symmetric one? You know what? Since so, okay, spoiler alert, everybody, we're going to be talking about AI today, and anybody spoiler. who follows Coach K probably is not shocked to hear that. So, let's start yeah. with Symmetric because then yeah. we'll kind of we'll do the Kimmel challenge and seg into the AI. I love it. So really quickly, obviously you said I run the product marketing team in enablement. It's kind of the dream combo I've wanted for my entire career in enablement to have my content marketing team report to me. So everything's aligned. So it's, it's been a dream come true as far as that's concerned. So I run that and then I run the enablement function, which is all the things enablement does across the go-to-market team. So it's it's very busy. Um, hopefully this next year I'll be able to hire a couple people and help me because right now I'm just like <laughs> running like crazy. But literally the only reason why I can keep up is because I leverage AI on a daily basis all day long to do what I do. Um, uh, yeah, I look and, forward to talking into that, how you're doing Yeah, that. And then uh, just started uh, the GTM AI Academy uh, mm-hmm. last month. Been great. Have, I don't know how many people we have now, but a bunch of people joined in and it's been a lot of fun to learn from really leverage and see what people are doing real time and to create workflows with AI real time with what people are, are experiencing, which has been a blast. All right. Good deal. Um, the, so I'm, I'm sorry to jump into AI. I almost skipped the Kimmel question, but yeah. nobody gets to skip the Kimmel question. So we can't skip. All right. Yeah. So uh, Kimmel retires in 2024 through your extensive network. You are offered the slot the shows your own which means you can have anybody on as your first guest. So who is that guest and why them? I'm going to say, like I said last time, and people don't know this, but this is our second time recording this because we had to update it. But yeah. same as last time would be my mom. Um, I lost her to cancer two years ago. Mm. And she's a very she's the kind of person who was very wise, but also not bolsterous about herself. And I'd love to be able to interview her and show off her wisdom and just how amazing she was to everyone else who I would love to have her see that part of her. That is, um, that's probably one of the most personal ones I think we've had people share. We've had some really 
you know, intriguing guests that people mention when asked this mm-hmm. question over 70 some episodes. Yeah. But, uh, but I think honestly, uh, Jonathan, that's probably the most personal. So thank you for, thanks for offering that up. You're welcome. All right. AI, let's talk about it. I let's think it. Where I, what I might be helpful is there's so much chatter about AI. And, and I think that some people are using terms like predictive analytics, natural language processing, machine learning, somewhat interchangeably. True or yeah. false? And walk us through why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. They do use them a lot the same. So there's, mm-hmm. there's the broad overview of AI, mm-hmm. which can mean a total bunch of different things, but pretty much just c- comes down to a technology that can understand, reason, perceive, and to make decisions on information on the okay. machine, which is crazy. Okay. Um, when you look at predictive analytics, it's just like the name uh, connotates. It just means that you use past data and then use that to predict in the future what may or may not happen using algorithms. Mm-hmm. Then you have natural language processing, which just is like if anybody use their Siri on their phone or Alexa. That is how a machine understands our language. Like you think of that concept alone, then a machine yeah. can understand in its own coding, English or Spanish or some other spoken language is mind boggling, but that's what natural language processing is, is not only the written text, but verbally, what are we saying? And can it communicate and run processes back in that same language? Um, and then machine learning is just how, how can it actually make decisions with information? How can it actually do something besides just put in a sentence in English? Like we're used to basic grammar word doc, but this is like, what is it going to do with the information we give it past that five steps past it, 10 steps past it. That's what machine learning is. So, so when people crazy. use them as like I say, um, you know, almost interchangeably, sometimes mm-hmm. it sounds like, that they're really not. They're 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 related or connected was maybe the best way to put it, but they're very different yeah. things, it sounds like. And yeah. Like machine learning is kind of at the at the core part of AI. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what AI really is, is how the machine learns together and moves mm-hmm. forward. Natural language processing is one of the ways that interacts with that learning. And then AI is like this bigger overall umbrella of all these different types of AI that comes into it. Then you have generative AI, which is where like a chat GBT where you actually Thanks for the thumbs up. Well, the chat GPT uh, creates something from what you're giving it, you know, mm-hmm. into a video or to a picture or whatever. It's generating something. And there's others that are just more of a knowledge AI where it's not generating anything, but it's accessing a massive amount of data and pulling to you that information at a moment's notice without having to have someone comb through all the data manually. So there's a lot of different versions of AI, but it just depends on, again, the use case and how people want to function with it. So, um, in case anybody's wondering about the uh, thumbs up, we're using Riverside yeah. <laughs> FM, and apparently they've added a new feature, and that must be certain <laughs> hand gestures. <laughs> just, just, I don't know if anyone sees that, but you ever see that? You're like moving your hands around, and it's yeah. like throwing up. It's throwing up emojis, and <laughs> nice. I don't, All right. So, tangent. I don't know why in Google Meet and Zoom though, I'll do like this, and then like balloons pop up, and like yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? Keeps Sorry. it interesting. All yeah. right, no problem. So anyway, back 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 to the real. Yeah, um, back to the topic. <laughs> so so clearly, you have found some comfort in where intersection and enablement work intersect. So yeah. give us maybe a high level of that, and then and then we'll we'll just double click on some of it. Where AI and enablement intersect. So I come. With anything with AI, and it doesn't matter what role it is, I'm always like, I always ask the question, what is the process you're doing? Mm-hmm. What's the ecosystem you have? What's the output you're responsible for? Mm-hmm. And then more than likely, in all of those scenarios, there's going to be an AI tool that can do it better, faster, and easier than you could by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I always look at the things of, of 
if I could put them in categories, it'd be like, what are the steps I can remove from what I'm doing now to make it faster? Mm-hmm. What's something, how can I use AI to kind of brainstorm through different strategies? Mm-hmm. And then what kind of content can I create pretty quickly? And if I could use an example, I'll give you a real time example. I literally did last Please. week. Yeah. So, um, I have a, I have a friend of mine who was going to enablement, came from education. And so we're talking about AI and I asked her, I'm like, if you had to create lesson plans for a semester, how long would that take you? Like every year? Cause she did it every year for lesson plans mm-hmm. and she had to do something similar in, in learning development. So I was like, okay, just tell me how long. And she said it, it would take at least 80 to hundred hours minimum to prep for one semester. And she had two semesters mm-hmm. to prep for. And so we went through and I asked her like, what does that mean? Does that mean slides and quizzes and all this stuff? Um, and she said that usually it took her about that long to go through everything, start to finish, make sure it's ready to go. In an hour, we had a majority of everything she needed done with AI, with just ChatGPT, one tool. And I made all the slide overviews for it. I had all the assignment modules. Like I literally walked her through. Mm-hmm. Two things I want to point out is that it would not have happened that fast if I didn't have an expert at learning with me to tell me what's good, what's not good, and give feedback. Mm-hmm. Fair. And two, that I knew how to use AI so I could pull out of it when I needed to give her what she needed so that we could create this really, really quickly. So between the two of us, we made an entire semester lesson plan that was fully fleshed out, fully planned out based on research that she was like, this is amazing. Like she was like mind blown behind how fast it was. She felt like it was cheating. Like go read all this and double check me. But she was like, she only tweaked 5% of it. Everything else was Definitely double, double check. Yes, yeah. for yeah. for sure. <laughs> but yeah. but that concept alone is like <clears throat> right. a lot of things we do in enablement, whether it's from strategy to gap analysis on team competencies to call analysis to coaching plans, mm-hmm. you name it, we could smatter AI all over and we could be much better with, uh, than by ourselves. Well, let's get into that because um, yeah. you, you referenced in the beginning that you are an army of one doing yes. the work of probably six people or something, but yes. that, that you're, 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 but you're succeeding because of figuring out how to leverage AI. So, um, would love to have you share, you know, one or two of your personal use cases. So maybe people can get an idea of, of what you're doing, what you're referring to. Yeah. So on the two teams, the product marketing team, I have five content writers or designers and on the enablement mm-hmm. side, it's just me. Mm-hmm. So on the enablement side, I've been using it for uh, customized onboarding plans to, um, content creation, the coaching plans, all sorts of stuff. But to give a specific example, I my team speaks Spanish, Portuguese, and English on sales calls. I don't mm-hmm. speak Spanish and Portuguese, but I'm responsible to help give feedback about coaching. So I trained um, one of my models on uh, my company's values, our discovery process, the product information. Like I trained it on all of Symmetric's core knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did a call analysis based, took that information, compared it to competencies that should be shown in discovery, combine that all, upload the transcript in Spanish and have it give back to me in English what the person needed to work on or not real time. And so I had this, I, I made this call analysis review that I then handed over as a one page review and said, here you go, gave it to the manager and the person back in Spanish. Like I read it in English to make sure I understood it, mm-hmm. had it translated back to Spanish and gave it to them. And the manager was like, this is amazing. Cause I scored, I scored them on MedPick, I scored them on our value framework methodology um, on just how they, how well they did on the discovery conferences themselves. So in one page, I gave him this summary and he was like, this is exactly what I needed. But not only that, but I pointed out in timestamps, he did really well here. Um, this needs to, this question he asked here needs to change to this. Like it was very specific. It wasn't just broadly, Hey, he needs to be better at questions. It's like, what questions should you ask? Right. And then right. the, the manager could help practice and role play with those questions. Makes sense. Um, 
So I'm curious, did they give I you any do. feedback on how accurate the translation was? Because that's what I always wonder if I don't speak yeah. the other language. <laughs> you know, how, how good it is or not? Yeah, how, how yeah. well did it do? Yeah. Well, we, um, so two things with that. We use, we actually implemented Gong specifically because it has a better okay. transcribing service in general. Okay. So that alone is a big key of why this, this worked in general. Got it. You could do it with Zoom and Google Meet, but I've seen the transcriptions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could use another AI transcriptant. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, like this I use Firefly's AI, and I find it to yeah. – the transcriptions are, are really, really good. So Yeah, they're amazing. There's ones you can yeah. do personally, but for teams, like it's it was harder yeah. to manage that. But anyway, so um, for transcriptions, there's a bunch of tools out there. So if I didn't have gone, I'd use something else. Yeah. But the point is, is that the AI, as far as the transcribing to me, translating for me, and then me translating it back – um, they, they understood it. It was kind of like a Google translate version. So they knew it was a little bit formal in their Spanish, but they understood mm-hmm. the concept. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like as conversational as they would be, but it still got the message across. You know? Yeah. Cool. All so right. that kind of thing I could do. So I download it, transcribed it, give feedback and give it back within 30 minutes. So he's prepped for his one-on-one and now they have very specific things they can work on to move that person's performance. You know, the only real tool I think you've actual tool you've mentioned so far, chat GPT what's in your stack? And I'm curious if we could start with what did you use besides you, you mentioned, you know, conversation intelligence, but what were you using to do that? And what does your stack look like? And maybe walk us through why you've chosen. I know you're very thoughtful about this. You've done a lot of research. So I yeah. think that, I think there's a lot of value in that too, is understanding why you've chosen the tools that you have. Um, so it's, this is one of the things we're, we're going to talk about later, but it's really easy to get the shiny, object syndrome with AI because there's thousands of tools coming out all the dang time. Right. But a friend of mine, we're talking this morning about this is that a lot of times the stuff you see online is very tool focused, but not business results focused. Mm -hmm. So I always ask myself, what is the results I'm looking for here and how Mm -hmm. can I leverage this tool to get this result, not the opposite way around, you know? So to give an example, um, for enablement specifically, I have GTM buddy, who is my LMS CMS. It's built, built on AI platform. Mm -hmm. So it can, identify. So what it does first off is I can upload content in Spanish, English, and Portuguese, and then auto tags for me in the language that it has of what keywords it's in that, that PDF or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. if a Portuguese speaker goes in and looks for some word in Portuguese, it's already auto tagged for me. I don't have to tag it, which okay. in the past with other tools, I'd have to manually tag everything, which is a pain. Yeah. Um, but not only that, but it reads the context inside of our CRM and says, okay, this person is a CFO at stage four, who speaks Portuguese and is asked about this case study or the, I'm sorry, this use case. Mm-hmm. And so then auto suggests the right content based on the context of the person going through it. Does that make sense? Okay. So mm-hmm. that alone, that's one tool I use for the team. Uh, two for me personally is obviously I use uh ChatGPT. I've been, I've been nerding out on Bard lately with the new Gemini ultra, which I love for research. Um, I use one called Opsberry, which does kind of like a, a screenshot of step-by-step guides auto auto done for you kind of like loom loom does kind of the same thing and then there's you're talking called, for for uh demonstrating and yeah if you need to have screenshots yeah if you need any type of step-by-step guide and like you're walking right. through a tool for example yeah um this is one that just auto screenshots and then points out things for you so i, I don't have okay. to manually do Very that cool. so it's nice all right um, and then there's one that's called Course Factory that is, it, it's all of these, by the way, have free versions. So you can do these for free. But Course Factory actually creates a, a learning module online based mm-hmm. on certain content. I just built out a MedPick training because I was testing it like mm-hmm. within a half hour and I'm done. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so there's, there's a lot of cool tools you can use for what you're doing on a day to day basis. For me, it's like the question of, is it the team tool? Is it for mm-hmm. me? 
or is it somewhere else? Oh, a couple other things. Sorry, I'm going to tell you a couple more. Um, I use a tool called Eleven Labs. It's a it's a voice um, AI generator. So mm-hmm. I trained it on four hours of my speaking voice. <laughs> Poor AI had to listen to all that. Um, but I trained on that, and then it can reproduce for me in my voice content and audio, which is, it's really, really All right. Good. But, but does it have a creep filter, creepy filter? Because some <laughs> of them, some of them I've heard, you know, are we a little, there, yeah, well, they sound okay, but you know, it's like something's off here. Can't mm. quite put my finger on it, but yeah. Like the kid in, in the polar yeah. express, that yeah. kid is creepy, right? <laughs> you know? He is creepy. <laughs> yeah. so, yes. I mean, if you do the, I have the paid version cause I use a lot for work. So I can do it for yeah. that, but in the free version, yes, it does sound creepy, but the paid version, okay. when it's trained on three hours of your voice, it does a really good job. Cool. You know? All right. Um, so there's that one. And then probably the last one I'll say, which hopefully isn't too much, is uh, vid- V-I-D-Y-O, video.ai. Mm-hmm. Um, what it does, you can upload a, a longer video training or video anything, really, mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll cut through for you the different pieces in three-minute segments or different mini-modules. Mm-hmm. So I use that all the time because I do a team training and I need to upload it. Yep. I don't always have time to edit it, so I throw it in there. It chops up for me, and I just upload it, and I'm done. So and, and, pe- and three minute modules are a lot more digestible for most people too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's know, te- it's um, technically meant for social media, but I use it for enablement. <laughs> so if it works, it works. I yeah. mean, they've got that built into this platform now. Is yeah. after a session uploads, it will go through if you want and say, "Hey, here's some suggested uh, video teasers. You know, highlights. like snippets, highlights." Uh-huh. And it's so far, it's doing pretty good so we'll yeah, see good. how much, how really much good. better it gets so all right yeah. no i don't think there's too many tools to share because i think people are hungry to know what's out there and especially if these are things that you've tested and actually are working for you in your work stream yeah um now i think that so so the future of ai a lot of excitement justifiably so what about downsides are there any potential downsides yeah, there, there's a lot. There's um, when you when you trust the AI too much. Like literally, I was on the call with one of the GTMAI Academy members. We we're talking about this about how um, you have to kind of push at least most AI tools. You have to push for sources, and she did not. And so some of the statistics that AI gave her, plot specifically, was not accurate. So mm-hmm. she had to push it to give it real references and sources. But she already created a presentation and training on all this inaccurate information. So one is you got to make sure you, you you rely and double check on sources that it may or may not be giving you. You know, if mm-hmm. that's something you need. Secondly, is um, it's really easy to create content. And I read this really interesting study from the C-suite about how we're at a point where, in this particular study, they interviewed like four or five hundred C-suite people, and the results came back as like fifty percent still want to see human created content, whatever that is, mm-hmm. meaning more written text. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about 25% um, liked AI and the other 25% didn't care. Mm-hmm. So there's still a majority of people who want good quality content. For my team, I have them use AI as kind of like the foundation piece, but then I push them to write more human into it just to make sure we're hitting the right audience, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think the downside is just it, it's, it's easy to produce a lot of content that may be more fluff than actual quality. So being aware of that so that whatever you're producing is hitting both speed and quantity and the quality side. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to hear robots opinions, right? Yeah. If you don't have your personality in it, why, yeah. you know, in my view, why, why put it out there? Otherwise it's spam. Yeah. 
If you're not yep. giving us some thought, if you're not putting your own opinion, if you don't have an opinion on a topic, please don't post about it. Um, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, who was it recently? It was it was somebody very, very well known on LinkedIn. You may have seen this too, that just called out publicly um, people that set up these bots, right? And so he's like, he's like, I will post this. And here's an example, like immediately, yes. you know, I've got all totally of fine. these comments and interactions. That was and most sales of them assembly. Just, they, yeah, sales assembly, was yep. it? Okay. Yep. And, and they're assembly. absolutely meaningless. They were absolutely yeah. meaningless. Yeah. Way to go, man. You're the man, Garbage. right? <laughs> yeah, that was a really relevant comment, you know? <laughs> yeah. It totally. But yeah, to be fair, no though, I do think there's a way, like, if AI has enough context, if I gave mm-hmm. it four hours or however much long my writing is, but if I gave it enough yep. context, it could write like me. It can't produce my thoughts for me, but I could direct it and say, in my tone of voice, make a post about this. And then most of the time, people can't tell what's me or what's oh, not. You know, a, a post would be interesting. I, part of what I took away from this one, though, was also there was no context here. These were right. just generic, yeah, they're just, you know, yeah. thumbs up comments that had nothing to do with what was actually even in the in the posting right. itself. They were just it's all about the context. Um, yeah. yeah, I was uh, in a session a couple weeks ago on AI. And they had a very interesting description of the current state of it. I'd love to get your opinion on this. And then let's get into some future stuff. They said that the current state of AI is they likened it to you have a recently graduated PhD coming in as an intern. So they are incredibly educated, but they have very little life experience or business context to put Mm -hmm. it in. And so if you think about what could you safely send that person off to do on your behalf, it probably is a lot like the things that you could send AI to go do right now. I would take that, but I'm going to, I'll change it a little bit. Is that okay for mm-hmm. my, just for my opinion? I think mindset around AI is just as important as anything. So if you mm-hmm. ask an intern level prompt or response, you're going to get an intern level output. Okay. And if I give it an expert level or a whatever PhD level stuff, I'll get that output. So my mindset around AI mm-hmm. depends on the output. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but for me, it's mm-hmm. like, you, you've done consulting, you know this, like yeah. when you do go into consulting, you don't know anything about the company. So you have to get the context as a consultant. So you can make sure the stuff you give them mm-hmm. is the same. That's how I think about AI is it's a consultant who knows all my, who can fix anything, but I have to tell it because let's just say for you and me, someone comes in and says, give me a discovery training. And that's all they told you, even mm-hmm. though you're an expert and you're a human, you'd be like, okay, <laughs> here's your discovery training. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea right. what you need, but sure. Here you go. I've right, done this, right. all this, it's not, it's not in context. It's not applied to their their tools, products, system, process, whatever. But you as an expert consultant, you would go in and be like, okay, let me ask you some questions first to make sure I understand mm-hmm. this. And then when you got the context, you go, now I know enough, I can give you a really good discovery. Got to it. me, that's how I look at AI. It's like, it's a it's a consultant who needs context to give you what it, it needs to produce. You know? Okay. All right. No, I, no that's, that's, uh, I was just curious what you thought because I don't think I've had yeah. a chance to really talk about that with anybody since I went to that session. Yeah, I love it. Um, I love it. What about privacy? You know, I, yeah. I, people seem to bring that up really quickly in AI conversations. What are you seeing? I think that's what's going to have to be really watched closely. I've seen ways that people are, quote unquote, breaking certain AI models, but it'd mm-hmm. be really difficult to do that overall. In every AI model that I know of, there's always an option to opt out of its training. So any content you give to it, the model won't be using for its further uses of training and knowledge, right? Okay. So that's one. Um, Two is I do think it is important to be aware of the information you're giving it, meaning like I wouldn't tell it my email. I wouldn't tell it my (laughs) – any that kind of stuff, you know? Um, No socials? 
No, no, I, don't, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I actually wouldn't mind giving, I would give it my social for like a profile analysis. That kind of thing is experiment, but not like. No, I'm talking about social security number. Oh, no, no, not, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> You have it for a second cards. there. I'm like, really? What platform is your social security <laughs> number on, John? I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, but I think I think we're in the place where it was the internet. Because before, like, you couldn't trust the internet to put your credit card in, that kind of stuff. We're going right. to be more secure as we go. It's not, not okay. going to go away, you know? Okay. It's just where we are now. I think you just got to be aware and careful of that. All right. So what's next for enablement and AI? What do you, uh, you can make predictions if you want, but I'm not necessarily looking for that other than what do you, you know, even as you look at your work for next year, um, but just, you know, what do you, what do you see coming? First, I see a lot of tools are going to start to consolidate. Like Mm -hmm. for example, when we first talked, I I don't know if people know this, we did this back in August before. Mm -hmm. And since then, like before ChatGPT didn't have an ability to read PDFs. Now it does. Mm-hmm. ChatGPT before it couldn't generate images. Now it does. So there's a lot of tools I think it will start consolidating from various uses, you know, whether it's from AI coaching to AI real-time feedback to conversation intelligence, all of it's going to start bringing coming together. Secondly, I would say that there's going to be a lot more useful use cases for AI because I think right now people are kind of enamored by, oh, cool, you can make a cool picture of a cat on the moon eating cheese. Yeah. But then people are going to start asking like, or here's so me what? looking like the most interesting man in the world, right? Yeah, yeah right. Me and yeah. a selfie yeah. in some, yeah. But yeah. so what is the question that's going to have to start to be asked? And people are now, because of the access to APIs from all sorts of different models, are creating some really, really cool tools um, so that we'll have more things. I think what enablement specifically what we have to be aware of is that mm-hmm. we're coming to a place where we have to drastically rethink what we do and be willing to let go of some of those things in, in the form of AI or automation and us become more of the expert editors versus the actual content creators. Does that make sense? Can, can you share an example of, of something you think that maybe we'll be letting go or should be letting go in the future? I saw a resume once that someone said, I'm really good at making PowerPoint decks. And I was like, if that's what you think your value enablement is, you're really missing the boat. You know, mm-hmm. um, but that's part of what enablement does is create decks and presentations and right. all this kind right. of stuff. Right. So if I can, um, get out of the way of, of letting some of that being created for me, even like a slide overview, of course, I'm going to mm-hmm. tweak it and fine tune it and whatever, but we're going to very quickly get to the point where a lot of that type of functionality is going to be automated and probably mm-hmm. better than I could. You know, yeah. Um, but the oh, it value doesn't take of, much to level up my PowerPoint skills. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I don't have to use it, but yeah, right. But the value with us is is <clears throat> yeah. is so much more than just the specific content. So much more than just right. group training. It's the holistic view of what we do and pr- improving mm-hmm. performance from our brains. You know, so I just think that we'll be, we'll be coming to a place where a lot of our value could be technically trained into an AI as far as mm-hmm. what our current value, what we think our value is. And our value is going to be taking a step up as far as strategy and impact and everything else we're doing is going to come from a high level. Hopefully that's my, that's why I hope we go. (laughs) Okay. How about that? All right. So, so any final advice for enablement teams and the companies they work for when it comes to AI? I would start seriously thinking about for enablement teams specifically, how you start creating the foundation of AI training in your company as a whole, because this is not going to go away. So thinking about, what tools are you okay with? What tools you're not okay with? How do you interact with these tools? Mm-hmm. How do you make sure you have people have the basic knowledge around it? And if you don't know it, you're going to have a really hard time teaching somebody else. So one would be understanding that. And then secondly is really focus on business outcomes or business impact because it's really easy to get caught up in all the other fluff. 
Um, I, I think I mentioned this last time. I'll, I'll tell it again, though. There's a couple of AI aggregators out there that sh- that just show all the tools available. Mm-hmm. One is called There's an AI for that dot com. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it because they update stuff and it's pretty easy to use. There's actually a plugin in ChatGPT you can use as well to um, access it. But if you go there and look up anything from step by step guides to video creation to whatever it is, mm-hmm. it has a good overview of that. But I always look at um, is there an actual business impact to this tool or not? Kind of like kind of like a um, what was I just said before? Um, Opsbury, I'm doing step-by-step yeah. guides. Like I can actually yeah. use that for my guide that will help somebody, not just because right. it's a cool thing to use, you know? Right. Um, does that answer your question? Hopefully. No, it does. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. So um, I want to shift gears for our final yeah. question. Uh, Cause I'm guessing this won't be an AI related answer, but I guess we'll find out. Um, and that is this, you have been given the gift of time travel with what, with, with just a couple of restrictions. One, you can go back to any younger version of yourself to okay. give yourself professional co- or coaching of any sort. But the other restriction is you can only coach yourself in one area. So Mm. What is, or one of the biggest things that you wish you'd understood earlier in life that you would want to go do that, that would, that you'd go focus on? I would probably say I would help train myself on managing my expectations, mm-hmm. both of myself and of other people, only because that's where most of my disappointments have come from has been me not having correct expectations and not clarifying those expectations. But mm-hmm. in sales, in enablement, everywhere I go, I see expectations all over the place. And where a lot of pain comes from is because that is unmanaged or uncommunicated, not communicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely work on that alone. I know it saved me a lot of pain through the years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that? Yeah. No, no, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because and sometimes that's even two way. Right, your, your your expectations versus the other person's expectations, and, and sometimes you two of you may not realize that you're not talking right. about the same thing. So yeah, no, just that, being that, clear, I think that's huge. That makes a lot of sense. All right, yeah. well, well, Coach K, thank you. Appreciate you, you you investing your time, energy, bringing some, some expertise to the to the yeah. show, um, and uh, let's uh, let, let's kind of keep the conversation going because do it. I'm guessing that by uh, not that many months down the road, it may be time for an update. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do this stay again in touch with in you six months. Yeah, see what happens. See, see, <laughs> see, what, see what you think. All right, I love it. And every, everybody else, thank you, thank you for investing another half hour or so of your time with us. Uh, we hope you'll subscribe uh, through Apple, Google, or Spotify if you haven't already and we'll talk to you again in two weeks thanks for joining this episode of stories from the trenches for more revenue enablement resources be sure to join the revenue enablement society at resociety.global that's resociety.global